Learn how to be a more magnetic leader with Roberta Matchison. She's going to show you how to reset and rewire your leadership language to get better performance and to have high performing. T- Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Roberta Matchison, she's president and CEO of Matchison Consulting. She helps high growth individuals grow faster and more effectively. She helps those organizations retain the top talent. She has worked with leaders from Fortune 500 companies. So I want to welcome Roberta Matchison to the program today on Coaching for Potential. So Roberta, thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. I am delighted and I love your book, The Magnetic Leader, How Irresistible Leaders Attract Employees, Customers, and Profits. I fell in love with the idea of the book. I just love the fact that you talk about authenticity. But from your perspective, if you were to hand this book to a new manager, what are a couple of important takeaways that you want them to take away from this book? Well, what I really want them to take away and understand is that when you become a magnetic leader, when you transform from a manager to a magnetic leader, you are in this unbelievably terrific position of being able to attract top talent that will stick around because these kinds of leaders are very, very rare. And so you and I probably can think of maybe, maybe one person that we've worked with over the years who wherever they go, we would follow them. And that list is small. Um, Mm -hmm. So we could probably list 10 people and we won't do it today, but we could probably list 10 people who we'd say, oh my gosh, like I would never work for them again or I quit because of them. Absolutely. And I've, when I wrote my book, My Best Boss Ever, I interviewed really hundreds of people. And the challenge was finding the best boss stories rather than the worst boss stories. Uh, Two out of three people, yeah, two out of three people instantaneously said, I can tell you about a bad boss, (laughs) but only about... Only about one-third could say I could tell you about a good boss or a great boss. And so the challenge that we have is truly a managerial kind of depletion in, in, the, in America, and that is certainly a challenge for all of us. So what are the key characteristics of a magnetic leader from your perspective? In your research and writing the book, what are some of the key characteristics of a magnetic leader? Well, there are seven of them, but I'm going to give you two because we don't have all day today. But um, I think the first uh, trait that's absolutely critical is what I refer to as authenticity. And Mm. that's, you know, showing up every day as the same person. And again, I think we can all think of bosses that we've worked with who, you know, we have no idea who's coming in today. (laughs) So um, if you've got a boss that's tough but fair, Uh, that's okay. If that's the kind of management style you have, that's fine. But you have to be consistent and you can't try to be someone you're not. And Mm. then the second part of that, um, of the traits that I think is really, really important is transparency. Mm. Because, you know, I just see lots of leaders who, you know, go all around the edges and they're never quite telling you the truth. And they're Mm. not being transparent. And I think it's, I think employees really want to know where they stand. And even if it's not great news, at least they know where they stand today. And if you're being honest with them, um, you can help them by telling them what they need in order to become better at their jobs. But it's when you're not transparent that it's very problematic. Mm, 
I agree because you just like, where do I stand? Where am I? Uh, am I going to get fired tomorrow? And there's been, as you and I were talking on the pre-call, uh, you've known of, and I have too, of managers who fired people and that employee had no idea that they were in that deep of trouble. Well, that just happened to me um, last week. I was um, coaching an executive in a biotech company and you know, she shared with me that she finally terminated an employee who she should have terminated a long time ago. And she said, you know, I was just absolutely shocked um, that it was a surprise to her. And then when, you know, she and I reran the tapes of what she said and how she had coached this person over time and counseled her, um, never did she ever say the words, look, we're at the end of the road here. And if this doesn't improve, you're not going to have a job. I'm not going to have a choice here. You're going to be terminated. And I think if that employee had heard that, um, that might have jolted her. And mm -hmm. she may have quit, which would have been a great thing. <laughs> because <laughs> then, you know, this woman wouldn't have had her on staff for another four months. Mm. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. So we mentioned the two keys earlier, but go ahead and list all seven of them so that we can talk in greater detail on, <laughs> on a couple of them. But go ahead and list all seven because I'm I I've read the book, but I know our listeners are saying, okay, what are the seven characteristics of a magnetic leader? Just so that we've all got them down. Well, the first one, as I mentioned, is authenticity. Okay. Um, the second is selflessness. Mm. The third is being a strong communicator. Okay. Uh, charisma would be number four. Okay. Transparency is five. And vision is six. And mm. these are not necessarily in any particular order. Okay. Very and good. so, you know, in the book, I, I offer people the opportunity to assess their own uh, magnetism. And when I do this with leaders that I'm coaching, it's really pretty remarkable when they're like, oh... I guess I'm not as strong in this area as I thought I I was. And, you know, what do I need to do to get better? Mm. Yeah. And so how do you have them when you're working with them? How do you have them know if they've attained that level of, say, authenticity or that level of transparency? Because you mentioned those as your, your two most important. But how do I know I'm at least pretty close to being there? Or how do I know I'm there? Oh, that's a great question. And so my approach to coaching is I do um, stakeholder-centered coaching. Um, okay. I use a model from Marshall Goldsmith, who's the number one coach in the world. And, you know, we ask the stakeholders, you know, we do the 360 to find out where the person stands, what they're doing really well, where they need to improve. And then we go back to the stakeholders and we identify, you know, here's what we're going to work on. And we ask them. You know, how is this person doing in this area? What suggestions do you have? Uh, because, you know, in terms of coaching, as you know, it's really about perception. Management is about perception. And right. I could think that I'm very transparent, but if my, you know, manager or my people think that I'm always holding back information, it doesn't matter what I think. So, mm -hmm. you know, we keep trying to move the needle of the perception a little bit at a time. So eventually, we, when we go back to these stakeholders and we ask them, you know, how's Roberta in terms of her ability to be, you know, transparent with team members and people above her, we get a positive, oh, yeah, she's got that one down really well. Mm. 
And I think that's a great way to do it. So you don't really have the person that you're coaching evaluate themselves per se, even though you may do that. But you also you really get a realistic perspective. Your measure of realism is what do the folks around them say and how do they describe that person with regards to that characteristic? Absolutely. Yeah. And I just think that's a great way to, to go about it. And then you take that data, compile it, and then give it to that person so they can say, how do they want to move in that direction to do that? Exactly. And we create an action plan. And, you know, every month they have to go back to their stakeholders. Every month they have to ask, you know, hey, have you noticed that I'm doing the following, you know, which was suggested to me? And what other ideas do you have for me? And, right. and you know, we keep we keep having these conversations so that um, the person that I'm coaching can improve and improve their relationships with their stakeholders. Right. And if they move in these directions and they get to being a high performer in all of these seven characteristics, then it truly helps them achieve their maximum potential as a leader. They can get the most out of their team. They can get the most out of themselves. Oh, they can have their pick of whoever in the world they want to come, you know, have come work for them. (laughs) Mm. That's right. Because the word gets around. Yeah. And I'll give you an example. In my book, I talk about the former CIO of Biogen a gentleman by the name of Ray Palicki. I mean, Ray was so magnetic that, you know, he, he retired early. He retired in his 50s. And um, I had a conversation with some people uh, who had worked for him. He had, he had invited them over uh, for dinner, and I happened to be there. <laughs> and, excuse me. <coughs> and... Um, they were still lamenting the fact that Ray had left. And mm. I said to them, look, you guys have to get over this. Uh, he's not coming back. <laughs> I said, what right. you have to do now is carry the torch. And you know what that means. You have to be as magnetic as he was to you, to your right. people. Yeah, can you be the next Ray is really the ultimately the question. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. It, and that is true. To be truly a magnetic leader, you can do that. Um, I loved in your book, you had a a quote in there about employees leaving, and and you said, all it takes is one phone call from a headhunter on a bad day to transform someone's career. (laughs) Expand upon that a bit. Oh, my goodness. So yesterday, I was um, in the office of one of my clients, who's an executive, and and her phone rang. and And it was a kind of a weird ring. So I was sort of looking at the phone, and she said, Oh, you know, just ignore that. The only people who call these days on landlines are headhunters. And I Mm. said, oh, you mean people who are trying to, you know, help you staff your positions? She said, no, these are people who, you know, have job opportunities for me. (laughs) Mm. And we just kind of laughed. And I'm like, you sure you don't want to get that? No, I didn't say that. But uh, (laughs) I'm sure most people, you know, would... After, the, after I left the office, they'd probably return the call. Right. And the other side of the coin is, too, I think that's such an important key for us as managers just to recognize that if we don't really truly engage our folks, if we don't coach with them, if we don't have authentic and real and transparent relationships, they're going to feel isolated. They're going to feel alone. They're going to feel like there's something missing. And if there's some place they can get that and they get the opportunity, they're going to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the key and the I, thing the thing to keep in mind is, you know, when you're sitting at your desk and you think, you know, if I didn't show up for a week, I don't think anyone would notice. 
then you're kind of like, you know, maybe I shouldn't show up. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, just see what happens if you don't show up. Uh, that's a great question. Uh, oh, I think there was a, a... Oh, I just have Go to ahead. share this with you. There was a there was a story, and I can't remember where I read it, where this guy didn't show up for six months in his company, <laughs> and he kept getting a paycheck, and no one noticed. And he was paid for six months. Wow. You can't make wow. this up. Wow. That's a great story. That... And yeah, it could be, you know, that's where the real indication there is the manager was never checking in with that person to say, what's your end product? What's your results? What are you doing? Or hello, how are you? How was your weekend? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, even the most basic of stuff. That's just a great question. That's a great story. You also tell a story in the book Magnetic Leader, which I also like. And you just had this three-word sentence. And I thought this three-word sentence was incredibly powerful. And you said in the story, the silence was alarming. And tell me about the silence was alarming. You know, you were walking through the organization, you walked past oh, um, yes. actually the break room, you walked past the break room, and the silence was alarming. And what did you mean by that? What did you see? And what did that tell you about the organization? Well, it was an organization, you know, that had an open office environment and it was filled with younger workers. And typically when you walk into those situations, you hear in the coffee room some laughter, some chatter. Um, you might hear people on the phone in their cubicles or having a conversation or somebody's popped up, you know, like, a, a, you know, whatever. But they're, But people are chatting. People are excited. They're they're conversing, and this place was like dead silence. And I was like, "Wow! Oh, oh my gosh!" And I looked around. There was tons of young people there. I went into the kitchen to get some water, and there was like no conversation. Wow! And that just and then I met the CEO, and then I knew okay. mm. I knew why there was no conversation. And what were the characteristics? You know. What were the, out of your indicators of a magnetic leader, where were the characteristics that this CEO was missing? What were the ones that were probably the top three that this CEO missed that created that kind of a toxic environment? Well, I think the first thing he missed was charisma. Ah. <laughs> he didn't have any. Okay. I can't speak to his authenticity. I can't speak to his transparency because I did not work with him. Um, mm -hmm. I was like, no, I have to get out of here. <laughs> Lord, help me if they offer me a job. Like, I have to get out of here. Uh, but I think it was the lack of charisma. And um, I think all the coaching in the world wouldn't have gotten him out of this, this place. I think in this particular situation, he would have been better off, you know, having a very vibrant COO running the company. Right. And he could have been making, like, the big decisions. Right. Because uh, obviously, stay away from the people. <laughs> right. Oh, no. And I think that's a great solution for CEOs that find themselves in that category is to stay away from the folks and get yourself a COO that can do that. So right. I think that's a, a very, very important key. Uh, I loved your statistics from the Gallup organization. Uh, and I'm going to quote three of them here. And, and I want you kind of to expand upon them. And we can talk about each one of them individually or, or as a grouping. But one of the quotes that you said is Gallup said that 65% of managers are disengaged. 
And I was like, wow, I know a lot of employees are disengaged, but to see that 65% of managers are disengaged is remarkable. And so how do you help organizations get their managers more engaged so their employees will be more engaged and actually help their customers? Well, let's remember that managers are also employees. Mm, <laughs> okay? So when that's we true. this data from Gallup and other organizations, they're not just saying, you know, um, you know, six, they're not just saying 80% of rank and file employees are, uh, or, or first line employees are disengaged. They're saying employees. And I think we often forget that. And mm. so it's, you know, you really have to, you have to ferret these people out and you have, <clears throat> you have to figure out if you're able to help them, um, re-engage or if you're just spinning your wheels here, if it's gone too far. Mm, exactly. And to teach them the characteristics of being authentic, uh, being transparent, making that connection, those are all important characteristics for them to do and to be successful at. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's important to remember that, you know, most people don't get up every day and go to work saying, I'm going to be miserable. I'm going to be a terrible boss. I'm going to be disengaged. I mean, they don't do that intentionally. Something right. has happened in the organization. Something has happened. And so when I work with clients, when I work with the CEOs and the senior management team, um, you know, I always want to find out what happened somewhere along the line. Something changed. And, you know, when you dig deeper, it could be, well, you know, we went through a merger or, well, you know, we relocated this guy to a new office and the, the district manager is not very effective. I mean, you mm -hmm. have to really drill down to find out when did everything change. Right. Yeah. And I think one of the keys that I see with my organizations is the organizations that have high disengagement is they also have very poor performing managers as coaches. They just don't know how to coach. They just tell people what to do rather than coach them to their performance. And I think that's one of the big characteristics that I see. And that's why you and I are coaches to help them improve that skill set to do that. Um, Gallup also says, and I love this statistic from your book, Gallup says that poor managed work groups are 55% less productive and 44% less profitable. And I just mm -hmm. think that's remarkable. And have you seen that statistics in your clients and your organizations? Well, I mean, I think it's obvious. <laughs> I don't I don't get to see all their books. I mean, they don't open right. their books to me, so I don't necessarily get to see that. But I think mm -hmm. it's pretty obvious. Um, you know, think of your own experience. You know, I'm sure at some point in your life you were in a job where you were a bit disengaged and you probably sure. didn't work all that hard and you probably couldn't wait to get out of there and you probably weren't that nice to the customers. And I'm talking about you might have been 16 years old, you know. <laughs> Right. So you didn't say, oh, would you like fries with that? You said, the heck with the fries. Let's get it. I want to go out. You know, I want to get out of here. <laughs> right. I got things I want to do with my friends. Exactly. And Jim Clifton, yeah. And then following up on that, Jim Clifton from Gallup says, a manager with little talent for the job will deal with workplace problems through manipulation and help and excuse me, unhelpful office politics. And I was mm -hmm. like, wow. And I think that describes a lot of folks that I see in the workplace. And so how, as, as coaches, can we help folks that are like that, that have little talent for the job, where they start manipulation or office politics, 
How do we help them break from that cycle so they can be in a, a magnetic leader? Or do we tell the upper management, you may have a, a person in the wrong spot? I think we have to say that we may have a person in the wrong spot. Because, you know, okay. my experience, I've been a coach for many, many years, and as well as an advisor to CEOs and, and senior leaders. And, you know, you can't help people who don't want to be helped. And mm. a lot of people, they don't want to change. They don't want to be helped. And, uh, you know, if you're ever asked to coach somebody um, who is in one of these situations and, uh, and they're not really on board, you know, my advice is like run, you know, just turn <laughs> the assignment down because you're, it's not, you're not going to look good. You're not going to help them and they're not going to get to where they need to go. So that's like the trifecta. Yeah, you're truly going to be pushing water uphill. Yeah, and you know, I'm sure coaches, I mean, early on, I'm sure we've all taken on clients we shouldn't have done, taken on. But man, if you don't learn that after like the second time it happens, then you haven't learned a thing. <laughs> yeah, it, you shouldn't be coaching if you go ahead and make that mistake again. And yeah. that was, that was a, a clean characteristic of that. I always like to ask coaches at this point, what's your most successful coaching assignment uh, where you help someone transform and become more magnetic and, and to achieve the, the characteristics that you talked about? So what's one of your most successful uh, coaching assignments? Well, it's, you know, it's usually people who are, who are good leaders and, and they want to be mm. great. Um, mm. I don't do a lot of remedial work, so I don't work with like crappy leaders who want to be less crappy. Like that's not my thing. <laughs> but um, I work. And now that so, would be a great slogan for your business. We <laughs> right. deal with less. We deal with crappy managers who want to be less crappy. <laughs> yeah, that's not my model. But if somebody else wants to take that tagline, let's give it to them. Um, <laughs> it's not my brand. But uh, as a result of that, like I have a lot of successes because. The people that I work with, they're really engaged. They want to get better. They're willing to have someone hold up the mirror. They're, they say, when you make a suggestion, they don't say, oh, that'll never work. They say, thank you. And then they okay. think about it. And then, and then they may mm. come back and say, you know, I thought about it. I, I'm not sure how that would work here. And we talk about it. But, you know, they're open. They're willing to try mm. new things. And that's one of the key characteristics to kind of look for as a manager. Do, do your managers want to be open and improve their skill sets so the organization can improve uh, overall? Exactly. I mean, listen, I mean, I, yesterday I spent the entire day at a conference. I was not mm -hmm. a speaker. I never do that. If I'm not speaking, I don't go. But right. I mean, I, I learned a lot. I'm investing mm. in my own growth. Last week I was in New York with my mentor for three days and, and, and people in my mastermind group. I mean, I'm willing to invest. And so I can't ask people to do what I'm not willing to do. And I'm still growing and I'm still learning. And I think that makes me a better coach because I can relate to what my clients are, are going through and they're making an investment. And they may not be making a financial investment themselves, but they are investing their time and that is worth a lot more than the money for them. Yeah, I think the, the key for when I work with organizations, because obviously the organization pays for it, but when I work with them, the thing I'm looking for is, and it's part of the characteristics you look for, I look for honesty, authenticity, and vulnerability. 
-hmm. is the manager I'm I'm working with, do they have those three characteristics? And the ones who try to blow smoke and tell me what I want to hear and blah, 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 because they really don't want to get engaged in the process, and they know their management team's making them do this and all of that, um, you know, I can sense it. I can tell it. But when people ask me real life challenging questions, how do I deal with uh, the person in the marketing department and how do I help them get engaged and, and work more effectively? I love it when they ask those kinds of questions because then we can get real success. And then I love it when they when that employee goes out and, and does some things they really wanted to have done and they have some success and they can go back to the CEO and go, hey, this coaching is working because I had this difficult conversation and now we've got a completely different result. And I just think that's that's the thing that geeks me up about this business. I agree. I mean, I love it. So, I mean, <laughs> what can I tell you? I know. I, I, I pinch myself every day. I feel like I'm cheating. Uh, so what's one idea from the book you would want them to walk away with as we wrap up and conclude here? What's one idea that you'd want them to walk away from with the magnetic leader to say, uh, if there are those seven characteristics, one thing that you would have them work on, one thing that you would have them focus on, um, you know, or even the top two? What, what are two things uh, that you would have them do? Well, I think what you just said is really relevant. Work on one thing. Move that mm. forward a mile. Don't try to mm. do all six or seven and move them forward an inch. Like mm -hmm. pick the one lane that you want to be in and improve. You know, if you want to improve your um, authenticity, work on that because that's going to bring everything up. You know, you'll be more transparent. Um, you'll probably have more fun at work. You'll be more charismatic. You'll, you know, it'll, it all is tied together. And mm -hmm. also understand this is not an overnight thing. I mean, you didn't become a Teflon leader. You know, if you're a Teflon leader, that's repelling talent. It didn't mm -hmm. happen overnight. And right. so your change, it's going to take time and you got to be patient, but you got to work it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, when I heard you use the term Teflon leader in your book, I immediately saw an egg sliding out of an organization. <laughs> You know, just and without effort, uh, it was just sliding very easily. Go, whoop! I'm out of here. See ya. Exactly. And, uh, so the, the Teflon leaders do that for sure. So I just highly recommend the magnetic leader because I just love the idea and the concept. And it's so important for us to be to make sure that we're authentic, that we're vulnerable, that we truly are transparent. And with just those two characteristics you talked about earlier, it can really make a difference in people's lives. So. Roberta, I want to say thank you very much for being on the program. How can people get a hold of you if they want to improve their skills to become a more of a magnetic leader? Well, they can um, reach out to me uh, via email, Roberta at Matchison, M-A-T-U-S-O-N, consulting.com. Uh, they can send me a LinkedIn invitation. And please note that you heard me on this show. Uh, I get a lot of those requests, so... Uh, I want to make sure I accept it. Uh, you can follow sure. me on Twitter at Matchison, um, or you can just call 617-608-3633. Uh, um, and I will answer the phone. Ah, wonderful. I love it. Roberta, it is my pleasure to have you on Coaching for Potential today, and I wish you all the best as you continue to create more magnetic leaders throughout the country. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching.
This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.